Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hey, he forgot to mention our text board, too. We take text right here at the uh, our studio on the water today at the Delacroix Pier in St. Bernard. 870-870 if you want to shoot me a text message. And I'm going to throw something out there for you. Either call us at 504-260-6368 or text me 870-870. Since we're talking about St. Bernard Seafood Market and they've got a big market going on here, it'll be opening up the doors at 9 a.m. Come down here, bring two things. Bring a nice chest and bring money. And when you come, you're going to be able to get some of the freshest seafood anywhere. But I'd like to hear from you and tell me, if you could only eat one type of seafood for the rest of your life, one species, what item would that be? And I know that's a tough question for a lot of you, but think about it. Uh, I'm posing it to Dominic Mitchum. He's my on-site engineer down here today, and he is a seafood lover. Boy's from Ohio, God bless him, but he's become a real Cajun down here, and he's a a real gourmet when it comes to seafood, and uh, I'm sure he's going to have to think long and hard. And I will, too, if I could only eat one type of seafood. I mean, we got oysters. we got boiled crabs. we got uh, soft-shell crabs. we got gumbo. We have fried shrimp, grilled shrimp. we got redfish on the half-shell, all the snappers and the groupers and the speckled trout almondine and grilled redfish. It never ends. They're even going to have some squid down here a little bit later on today if you want to try that out. But anyway, tell me, what if you if, if I put you in a, in, a, in a corner for the rest of your life and said, I'm only going to slide in under the door, one type of seafood, what would it be? And I kind of got an idea of what the wind is going to be. I think it's going to be shrimp because I unofficially did a, 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 some record keeping, and I kept track of what the most requested meal by a condemned man on death row was at Angola. And do you know what it was? Christian Orfanella, can you tell me? Do you, do you have any idea? <laughs> Had to be shrimp. It was a shrimp po' boy. That's your, and that's your last meal. That's the most important one <laughs> you're ever going to have. And that was number one fried shrimp. Good morning. Good to have you here, Christian. Thank you. Thank you. Good to see you. They, do they call you Captain Sito? They must call you Sito. Right? <laughs> they just call me Sito. <laughs> <laughs> Did you come down here with your ice chest? You're going to get some, some, some oh, seafood? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, actually, when you ask that question, my answer was shrimp right away. Shrimp, yeah. Well, how do you like shrimp mostly? Boiled, uh, fried, You know, boiled. We're, we're going to go boil some shrimp today huh? as soon as we leave here. Yeah, you do the old Forrest Gump. You know, you got your fried shrimp, you got <laughs> your gumbo shrimp, you got your fried, you know, just shrimp jambalaya, shrimp gumbo, goes on and on. <laughs> shrimp, you know, they don't have a chance either. You, no. you see them out there in the water. They got the fish hitting them from the bottom. They got the birds diving on them. They got the trawl nets going on. I don't ever want to come back as a shrimp. That's <laughs> no, <for sure>. that's <laughs> Short lifespan. <laughs> now, you guys, besides Seto, uh, people know you from Seto, and you do a great job, and God, God bless you. I have seen so many stories of people that uh, have been rescued. They've been left out there stranded. Uh, you know, their loved ones, they know they're worried about them. Uh, some people, it's dangerous. I mean, you could be caught out there in the wintertime on a low tide, forced to spend a night and doing a freeze. Or, and, look, I don't know what would be worse, summer or winter, to be stuck out there. I wouldn't want to be the one. The gnats and the mosquitoes could carry you off on some of these things. But you guys are the ones that show up like the cavalry, you know, except you yellow instead of blue, the yellow and the black. And when you see that sea tote boat coming, people got to be relieved. Uh, you all do a great job on that. And I know people, everyone I talk to that's ever experienced it, I guess people wonder, 
Eh, I'm paying this, but are they really going to come get? No, you really come get them. That's right. And you got some great captains that work for you. We too. we sure do. We're blessed. We're blessed to have you know the staff that we have. What is the funniest story you can remember about a Cito rescue? He's laughing, and you might have to think about it. Uh, no, I don't have to think long for this one. Okay. <laughs> well, we had a guy out, and uh, he was out, you know, past the rocks and back behind Bay Gardine, and. People always think you can run through there. Well, you can't. It's about six inches. Well, two guys go, and one one guy was a little heavier. Said he got out the boat to push. <laughs> he was a little heavier. You mean he was fat? Okay, oh, let's go. All right. right. <laughs> <laughs> he got out the push. All right. Well, what we, time of year is this? Is this summer, winter? This is summer. Okay. This is summer. So we get the call. And he's and one guy says, "Yeah, we're stuck. My buddy's stuck." I'm like, "What are you? Are you near him? Like, can you get a line to the boat?" And bo- no, I'm on the boat. My buddy's stuck. He tried to push. He couldn't get out. So I've never experienced this before. So we pee rog in, and first, usually I, you know, I pee rog in and get a line on the boat and talk back, you know, to the the captain on the boat and telling him what to do. Well, first I had to get the line around a gentleman. And I, I didn't know. I was like, man, am I going to hurt him if I put a toe line and try to get him? But that's exactly how we got him. How big a guy is this? Is he 300? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Pushing through. And how deep is he? Waist? Of, of, I mean, chest? six inches of water, but he was down. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think, uh, I think, think his pelvis was was under, under the water. And so we literally pulled him out with twin 150 MIs. And he was say he wasn't. It was fine. <laughs> I mean, he, he was all dirty, but we. Could, I mean, it does was he the have to have numbers? Do is they register him? <laughs> <laughs> so Cito will even pull humans out if it can. Yeah, that's got to be the most humorous one. It wasn't probably funny to him though, huh? He had you know, actually they were all laughing. <laughs> I mean, these guys were cool, you know. But they were uh, they were you know a little up in age to where they just really didn't care. They had a good time and great story. Wintertime would have been a different situation. Yeah. yeah definitely. <laughs> Altogether different. All right. So uh, you guys uh, have uh, taken on another job. You got the, what's called the Fishing for the Parish Cup. It's the Par- Redfish Tournament. Parish yeah. Cup. Parish Cup Redfish Championship presented by Cito New Orleans is what it is. And, you know, it's a it's a uh, 100% payout, two fish, you know, slot redfish tournament. And um, all proceeds go to Wish to Fish Louisiana, you know, a great organization that, you know, takes gets – you know, kids who may not have the opportunity, the chance to experience, you know, the outdoors. And um, first prize, $10,000. You know, it's at Hopedale Marina. Um, you also win a perpetual cup replica of the perpetual cup that will be kept at Hopedale Marina year-round uh, in a glass case. And it will have the winners, the winning team each year, the two teammates' names engraved on it each and every year. And um, so you'll get to be... One thing we thought about was, you know, who won the IFA last, you know, two years ago. Or I don't even remember, you know, who won it last year. Little things and like that. We want fishermen like to brag. So we're giving them the best bragging rights, (laughs) $10,000 and some beautiful trophies. Wow, that's something to brag about. Now, this tournament will be run as usual. Is it it two fish? How many fish? Two fish and a slot size fish? Yes, two Two, slot. All right. And um, what's the entry fee? Uh, $350. And, um, you know, it's a hundred percent payout, so it all goes back to the payout, back to the anglers. Very good. Now, wish to fish Danica Williams. You can't say enough about her. She just does a great job. And unfortunately, they had a sponsor for a bigger tournament, and they've kind of 
lost that sponsor and they got to make up some ground in order to keep funding. Is that part of your motivation for putting it's, this tournament? You're, you're so right, Don. That's exactly what happened. You know, um, we saw the need. And, and there was also another need. This sport has gotten so big that, you know, um, the, the purses are just immense in some of these tournaments, you know, and the entry fees are too. And we wanted, it, we wanted to keep our entry fee, you know, instead of a couple thousand dollars, a few hundred dollars to where the average guy can go fish against some of the pros, you know, mm-hmm. and, and make it affordable for everyone to, to, you know, get involved that may not have that, you know, sponsors and all these things to pay those big entry fees. So it's pros versus Joes. What about any other special rules as far as type of bait you can use and it's fishing all, areas that may be off limits? Yeah, and it's all plastic. You know, you, you can't catch in, you know, no live bait, no mm-hmm. bait, no bait of any kind, you know, all artificial. And, you know, some of the things that, that we're trying to do different, you know, this sport has gotten so big, and there's so many, many, many people out there trying to scout these redfish. And one thing that, you know, I've noticed through my 10 years of fishing the tournaments is, you know, it's gone to a – the sport is, is evolving to where – certain rules as far as burning shorelines of ponds and what that is it's you know a big boat with a tower on it and instead of putting the trolling motor down and working and and finding fish you can find them a lot faster if you go 10 to 12 miles an hour trothing through the marsh along the side and you're you're just damaging the marsh you're killing the ducks killing um, the duck feed excuse me not the ducks but you're killing, you know, all the um, the snails, the baby redfish. There's, I mean, we catch redfish with propeller marks in their head hmm. all the time. So what we're doing is we're teaming up with the, the commercial fishermen of St. Bernard Parish, and it's in our rules, no burning of shorelines, and we define what that is. And we, we have no problem with what kind of boat you have. Tower boats are great, hmm. but we just cannot burn these shorelines. We, I, I believe personally that it has a lot to do with, you know, the privatization of these waterways because – I wouldn't want that running all over my no, duck absolutely. lease. I mean, and, and we got to all work together, you know, and I think we're taking a proactive approach in doing that. And with the commercial fishermen of St. Bernard Parish, they if they see that kind of activity, they're going to film it. They're going to turn it into parish officials who, who you know, find, then turn it to us to see if that is one of our contestants. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, two weeks prior to the tournament, all you know, you can't do it and you're disqualified. We just – we have to take a proactive approach and and find a way to have these tournaments and and keep you know the peace with the commercial fishermen everybody you know let everybody enjoy you know our, our beautiful ecosystem it's great what is the deadline is there a deadline for registration the early registration deadline is going to be monday june 3rd and then late registration begins june 4th all the way through um the captain's meeting and it's 350 early registration but it's 400 and cash only after June 3rd, starting June 4th. And where will the captain's meeting be? It's going to be at Dockville Farm in, yeah. um, nice, beautiful in Violet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be fi- – doors open at 5.30 at Dockville Farm. The meeting itself is for 7. Um, the Lost Cajun will be there serving gumbo, fried fish, and, and fries. And, you know, um, dinner starts at 6. And um, we're going to have lots of great prizes, raffles, and everything through the tournament. We're going to have, you know um, – 
a nice little dance team, you know, out there. The Wee Dads are coming, to, coming, to, coming down to, to Hopedale Marina to, <laughs> to. Uh, no mermaids, though. No mermaids. <laughs> Wee Dads. That's okay. going to be in Delacroix. That That's week. another play. That's another story. So, what day is the captain's party? What evening? That's going to be Friday. Friday. Yeah, Friday, June seventh. All right. Well, let's hope y'all get some good weather for it. And if somebody wants to get signed up. Uh, can they do it online? What's you, the website? That's it. Theparishcup.com. Duh, D-A? No, oh, sir. The. <laughs> Got to make that clear. Theparishcup.com, guys. Very good. <laughs> Christian, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for coming by. And uh, get you some good seafood and, uh, you know, take the boss with you. I'm uh, taking the boss. <laughs> we are going to go to these shrimp boats and get some of this beautiful shrimp. And go home and have a beautiful bowl. Well, be sure you send us the results from the tournament next week. So we, we sure will, Don. Thank good you. job, and thank you so much for putting it on. And we need more of those in the area. Thank you, Don. All right, that's Christian with uh, Captain Christian with Sito. You hear us talking about him every week. All right, we got a break to take here. When we come back, I see Parish President Guy McKinnis is here. I wonder if we can get him to talk. He's kind of a shy guy. We'll we'll see if we can get him over here in just a minute. If you want to call us, 504-260-6368 or text me, 870-870. One seafood. I'm limiting you to one type of seafood only for the rest of your life. Which would you pick? We'll be right back. You'll listen to more outdoors. WWL 105.3 FM HD2. And we're live streaming at DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. All right, and welcome back in. And, uh, you know, Dominic, uh, you know, I'm waiting to hear from people. I know it's a tough decision. they got to think long and hard on it. But this question I put out there is tough. Uh, Christian's wife, Colleen, she could never make up her mind. She walked out of here still thinking about it. You can't make up your mind. Well, you know, we're asking if you only had one type of seafood to eat for the rest of your life, which one would you pick? And uh, Christian, he fired off pretty quick. He, he would go with the shrimp. But, I mean, we have got so many good seafood items that's produced in Louisiana. I think uh, one of the, the, the one that most people underrate is oysters. Yeah. I mean, nobody's got oysters like Louisiana. That's a true Louisiana product, but we got the crabs and the crawfish. Crabs of all type. We got and even somebody's got squid out here at the seafood market. So let me ask Guy McKinnis. He's the parish president of Saint Bernard. Did I hit you too soon? You got to think about that. <laughs> one seafood dish for the rest of your life. Oh, That's wow. all you get. Wow, it's got to be one? between shrimp and trout. Is it you know, trout? I, yeah, well. I think I'm gonna go with trout. You can make it so many different ways and combine it with a lot of things. It'd be like eating something <clears throat> different every time. Yeah, huh? yeah. Boy, then just think about it. You have to pass on them soft shell crabs. You know, oh, <laughs> the oysters. You know everything. Well, right, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> fortunately, we don't have to make that decision. We got lots of seafood and lots of different abundance and types and. Plenty of it down here in St. Bernard. I want to invite people to come by about 9 o'clock. It's going to open up, and people can come and buy it right off the boat. In fact, it's on the boat. It's absolutely fresh. These events, how many of these do you do? Is this the second one this year or the first, and you got another the, one coming in the fall? This is the first one this year. This is our third event. Um, uh, our last two have been absolutely uh, incredible and successful for um, our community. You know, we try to promote our fisheries here in St. Bernard Parish and protect them as we're doing Absolutely. right now. Um, so we're out here today, and, um, we, you know, we've got a few boats, and people are going to come from around the region, and they're going to get to drive through all, all of St. Bernard to get here because we're That's at the right, end of the world. That's right, you're at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we get to promote our parish. We get to promote um, our retail outlets, you know, Today's mm-hmm. Catch, BJ's, and Casanova's, and all of those guys will um, benefit from today. So we, we, we are so proud of what we do here in St. Bernard Parish and especially our fisheries. 
we were out here this morning. We were talking about it, how beautiful this is under our, our new pier. This and pier is <laughs> impressive. I mean, you talk about well-built. Yeah, Must have planned this to survive uh, some of those <laughs> tropical storms. Well, huh? well, we did. And I tell you, I was out here with my family a couple of weeks ago, and, and a guy hooked up on, a, on a, a big drum, and we watched him, and I actually videoed it and watched him catch it. And Man, people line up this pier on the weekend, and they have a good time. And that's what we were looking for, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and our, our, our fishermen could come and work on their boats. You see our dock. Um, over here, and mm-hmm. we, we can pick up just about any size boat we have in St. Bernard Parish anyway. Nice so, bathroom facility for people and, you know, yeah. picnic tables out here. It's a great, great uh, venue here. Now, the, the, the markets, though, how many of those have you done? This is the third one that you'll the, be doing? The, this is the third one, Don. We, we, we planned on doing two a year. You know, um, mm-hmm. we, we, we want to promote our seafood. We want our docks to be involved also. So um, we want to promote them and, and – our docks are, are uh, very important to our fishermen also. So today, our fishermen get, get to sell them directly off their boat to, to the public, and that's a great thing. Um, but every day, you know, our fishermen go to these docks and they sell their, their bounty. How important is the seafood industry to St. Bernard? Where does it rank in the... You, you know, Don, I, I just enjoyed all of this stuff before I became parish president. <laughs> right? Now it's a, an economic interest. <laughs> in it, it. it really is. And, look, I was a basketball coach and uh, uh, did a lot of things in my life. But I know now more than ever um, how much this industry means to St. Bernard Parish. Um, online, offline, however you look at it. And when there's just a little tweak in it, like with the fresh water coming down from the spillway mm-hmm. or a hurricane or something um, to, to that effect. It has an effect on our parish all the way up the road, up the as, road. as, as yeah, we'll say. Right. So um, it, we are um, dependent, as dependent on our fisheries as we are on our two refineries uh, in St. Bernard Parish. Yeah, well, we just got a, a vote for speckled trout. Somebody agreed <laughs> there with you. you. Go. Trout there would, you go. If you only had one <laughs> seafood that you could uh, have for the rest of your life, which one would you pick? You can call us at 504-260-6368. We can bring that phone up. We'll check and see if we get a call on that. We're talking with Guy McInnes, the uh, parish president right now, about this event. You know, I call this a seafood farmer's market. I mean, really, when you think about commercial fishermen, they're no different than farmers that, that are out in the field and they're growing soybean or wheat or corn or whatever that crop is. It's a little different. They're on the water. they got a wet farm, but yep. they're still farmers. That's what they do is they go out harvest and bring it for the public. And, look, if, if you know, uh, last year, we got the oyster industry included in the USDA farm bill. And I think you're right. All of them ought to be in that farm bill. And if you saw uh, um, last couple of days, the governor had included all of the local fisheries in his declaration of emergency, right. which I thought that was a really good thing for us. So, um, yes, the, you know, the, these guys are farmers and they, they uh, you know, the waters that they fish, they, they want to make sure they maintain them for this great renewable resources that, that we um, are looking at here today. Well, they've got a lot of uh, problems to overcome, one of which is, in, is imports. And I'm hoping something can be done. And there's a bill in the legislature. I think it passed, and I think it's waiting it for the governor's signature, which I threw this out years ago, and hopefully somebody was listening, or maybe it was coincidence. But to, to put on menus in restaurants the origin of that seafood, and I believe that's passed now to it, where it's going to. And maybe the restaurants won't like it because, you know, they, they might want to downplay and keep their costs down by getting some of these imports from out of the country. 
but it's certainly not the best tasting. And I have gotten uh, information that there's like 1% of the seafood that comes in is actually inspected. They don't inspect every piece of seafood coming in this country from farms, whether it be in Vietnam or be in South America. And I've seen videos of these ponds where this seafood is raised. And believe me, if you see that, you won't ever want to eat it. Look, that, that bill is passed. The governor's going to sign it. I was talking to Lieutenant Governor Nungesser the other day about this issue. Our council supported it. Kerry Calais, mm-hmm. our council member, um, spearheaded that. But, you know, we, our, fi- our fisheries support our restaurants all in the region. So our restaurants need to start supporting our, our fisheries. And Absolutely. they do. They do. Um, and, 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 and I really do think that, that this is going to bring an awareness um, to our restaurant owners and say, hey, we, we need to do j- maybe just a little bit more to, to help our fisheries because um, when those inspections start happening um, on, on, you know, uh, the seafood that comes in from foreign um, places, that's only going to make our, our fisheries a lot better because we know we have fresh feet. And, and, and I do think it's, it's an awareness and an educational matter because a lot of people don't know, they don't realize, even in the seafood markets and the delis and the grocery store, they're going in, they see crawfish tails, $12 a pound. They see some for $6 a pound. Well, these are crawfish tails, and these are crawfish tails. I'm going to buy the $6 a pound. They don't know what they're getting. It's supposed to, and it's somewhere on the package, and it's required by law that they put a product of China or a product of wherever. But sometimes it's a little tricky because it may be packaged by Boudreaux's Packing in Morgan City. And you see that, and you figure it's a local product, but it's, it's actually it's a little bit of deception. Yeah, we, we see a lot of protection for a lot of different um, uh, items throughout our country right now, especially with all of these trade wars going on. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we need to throw our fishermen in there and um, make sure we protect them too. And make sure that the, the consumer knows that you're getting what you pay for, you know, and just make them aware of it because they can't. They scratch their heads and say, why is this so much more expensive? Well, you get what you pay for. It's healthy. It's fresher. It's better tasting for sure. I mean, you're yeah. not going to find a better shrimp than what comes out of Louisiana, and, or oyster crab for that matter. And you're right. And this estuary uh, particularly, I'm a little biased, but, you know, <laughs> we, we, we have a great estuary here, and it's worth protecting. So there's a lot of things that we're being hit with right now. You know, we have this um, – um, diversion discussion that, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that we've been talking about, the spillway opening. Listen, I just want to let everyone know that, you know, we understand that spillway has to be open. <laughs> you know, yeah, that we, we, that's, a, that's we're an existential threat. Yeah, we're, we're, we're protecting communities and lives. So we have to deal with that. And this de- declaration and the USDA and some resources that are co- going to come down and help us is, is something we need. But, you know, we, we need to make sure that whatever we do, in coastal protection, and I don't know if we want to get into that whole thing, but you're sitting in the epicenter of about um, a half a billion dollars worth of work that our coastal department has secured for St. Bernard Parish. The the state have raised the highway here. We have behind the levee over there. If we don't have that levee, Delacro is gone. Mm-hmm. So we're going to protect that. we got about $100 million of, of um, marsh creation on this side. Lake Leary's over here in Bayou Terrebuff, Ridge Restoration. You know, we, so the CPRA is, is doing what, what they're supposed to be doing to help us. And this discussion on diversions, I think, is going to uh, uh, come out in the EIS when the Corps starts doing that. So I think that's where we're going to have the discussion on, hey, is this really the right thing to do? And as of right now, the science does work. But it doesn't work in this estuary. <laughs> and, and that's my um, belief. And, yeah. and, and I tell people that all the time. I said, hey, we, 
I, you know, I agree with you. The science works. It, it might work in Dave, um, Davis Pond because it's a different estuary. It's fresh. You, you, you can't, you know, there's got to be a line where you go out in this protection where you just can't do those type of things with the solution. You build a freshwater marsh in a saltwater environment, it ain't going to last. And, it will and, not last. And, and, and that's what I think is going to come out in the end is that, hey, the science that works in one place is not going to work in all places. And we don't have a whole lot of shots. We got to get it right. <laughs> well, well, I, and look, Don, I, I don't know if you keep up with it, but I, you know, I mentioned the Mr. Go. You know, that, that that was supposed to be an economic boom mm-hmm. for Saint Bernard Parish. Mm-hmm. Was supposed to bring in a whole lot of shipping and economic value. But look where we are today. Yeah. Right? We don't want to make that same mistake. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Food-wise, are they going to have any uh, food for people to, to to dine on while they're here? What do we got? Do you Don, know? We, we're going to have grilled oysters. We're going to have boiled shrimp. We're going to have some other vendors here today, bald crabs, and uh, all kind of dishes made here in St. Bernard Parish and coming out. So if you come out here, you can uh, drink a few spirits, have, have some great food cooked right here on the dock. And um, what, what I enjoy every year is uh, when my grandchildren come out here, they learn so much from these fishermen. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and these fishermen will take them on the boats, and they show them where they sleep, mm-hmm. and they show them how they cook. And they show them how, how they catch and, and, and the nets and all of that good stuff. So Yeah, that, and, and they know all the tricks, you know, on how to freeze seafood if you're going to put it in the freezer, some of the recipes, how to handle it, and keep it fresh like it is. It's a great, great uh, opportunity, and what a wonderful event this is. And I'm glad we're here because I'm going to leave with some of that stuff in my ice just there's anything left. <laughs> Guy, thanks for coming by. We'll Thanks, be talking Tom. to you around. You'll be here, okay. and people come yeah. out and see you. Guy McKinnis, parish president here of St. Bernard. All right, we got a break, and when we come back, uh, we'll talking to some more of the fishermen. Maybe we'll get some of the commercial fishermen to come over here and tell us about what they've got for sale here at the St. Bernard Parish Seafood Market and also at the Delacroix Pier. You can't miss us. We're right here on the Delacroix Highway. Check it out. We'll be back right after this. You'll listen to more outdoors on WWL 105.3 FM HD2. Yeah, the heart of seafood country, St. Bernard Parish, uh, right here adjacent to Orleans. It extends down into the marshes and the interiors of Louisiana. And, boy, I tell you what, we got a lot of people going to be here buying and selling seafood right off the boat, uh, seafood of all type. In fact, one of the questions we've been asking you is if you could only have one type of seafood for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Would you drop crabs? Would you drop shrimp? Would it be finfish, crawfish? Tough, tough choice. Text us, 870-870, or call us at 504-260-6368. Captain George Ricks joins us. George, what would it be if you only had one? I know it's tough, man. Mm, I, 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 I'm, I'm not a big crab fan. I think I could. I'm with you on that. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. I love crabs, but, it, but, but if you shrimp, narrow me down to one, crab's on, on the way out. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be <laughs> That would be my choice. I, crawfish would be number one for me. You'd have I, to keep I crawfish. Love, oh, yeah, yeah, I love yeah, crawfish. Yeah. Well, you know, it seems like when I haven't had them for a while, maybe it's because they're seasonal. You really want them bad when they first come out. But then after they've been around a while, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's true. Shrimp is all right up there, too, man. Oh, yeah. You know, well, you got to have everything, you know, a lot of things you can do with shrimp. Right, you know? right. You know, not just boiled shrimp. You get shrimp at the like in Forrest Gump. You know, Forrest he'll, tell Gump. You he'll tell you all the different <laughs> ways to eat shrimp. Well, what are you doing out here today? You, you. Uh... Well, as you know, Don, I'm 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 a, I'm a consultant with St. Bernard Parish with the Coastal mm-hmm. Department, and and this is our third um, seafood market. We 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 work with Sea Grant with Dominique with Sea Grant, and and uh, 
we love to put on this event. They, like like Guy was saying, to get the get the kids out here and and get people at, to 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 visit uh, this side of our parish that haven't been down here to see this fishing village of, of Delacro and and see what we have to offer here in Saint Bernard Parish, and see the, the you know visit with the fishermen like Guy said and 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 see. You know, a lot of people see the, the seafood in the, in the market once it gets there, but they don't really grasp how it's caught and the work that goes involved to, for the, these fishermen and their families to bring this, this seafood to market. And, you know, the other thing, too, we were talking about is this bill that passed, and they're waiting for the governor to sign it. He says he is. That's going to designate the origination, the origination of where the seafood came from, and that's got to be a big help. To oh, uh, of course it is. Uh, of course it is. And uh, like you said, with all these imports, and, and these fishermen are taking such a beating economically, you know, the, the price of, of going out to, to, to operate, and, and then they're not getting dock prices for them. And this gives the fishermen an opportunity. Not, you know, not that you're cutting out the, the wholesalers, but it gives them an opportunity. It gives the, the, the consumer a break. They can come down here and buy uh, seafood right off the boat. And it gives the fishermen, they, they can make a little extra uh, money more than they can make at the, at the seafood dock. So it helps. It's a, it's a win-win situation for everybody. Um, you're a professional fishing guy dealing with high river water. And we were just talking about some algae blooms that have just kind of popped up around here. What do you think is going to be the future the rest of this summer on into the fall for the fishing in this area? Yeah, I think it's going to be tough, Don. I mean, it takes a while for the, for you know the, the estuary to recover, and, and when we've had this much amount of fresh water, um, and and you know, you know, Don, I've been touting, you know, the the, the uh, I've been most one of the most outspoken people against the river diversion because. Uh, of what we're seeing is going on now, you know, when you introduce this much fresh water year-round into estuary, you're going to change. It, the simple fact is, our saltwater species can't survive in fresh water. Simple fact. Right. right. So uh, it, it, that, that's what it's all about. And then what's got me really concerned is this, the dolphin issue. Uh, I've personally documented over 30 dead dolphins in in, in this area. I, I visited with the Marine Mammal Institute in Gulfport day before yesterday. We went up there and talked to uh, Dr. Moby Solange up there. In fact, they brought in three dead dolphins while we were there, and the day before they had brought in 10, which brings that count to over 100. So what's happening to these dolphins? Well, Dr. Solange, he's one of the most authorities on marine I've mammals. I've seen him. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and he said, well, these animals have uh, freshwater lesions. They can't take prolonged exposure to, to river water or even freshwater. If, it was, if, if, if the water was like a babbling brook crystal clear, mm-hmm. they couldn't, their skin can't withstand it. And, and it's just like uh, 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 these freshwater lesions are, are killing these animals. And well, our concern is, uh, my concern is, when, if they build these diversions and we have this year-round influx of, of, of fresh water, river water, with all the pollutants that's in the river water. I mean, we're, not t- we're talking about the second most polluted river in the, in the continental United States. Mm-hmm. It's not a babbling brook. And so that's, that's my concerns about our ecology, our whole estuary, what's going to happen to it, and our fishing industries. Why don't the dolphins, and maybe this would be a good question for the doctor to answer, but why will a dolphin leave? Speckled trout get displaced. If the water changes, salinities come up, they come back. Dolphins, why are they staying? Okay. They, they know it's got to be bad water for Here's them. what he, he told us, because you know, a lot of people ask me that same question. Uh, uh, these bottlenose dolphins are territorial. It's just like you know, when, a, when a hurricane comes, you know, you're reluctant to evacuate. Sure. So while they're very intelligent animals, and if their food source is there, they're going to stay. They're reluctant to leave their, their home uh, territory. territory. And mm. 
even if the water's bad, they're reluctant to leave. And when they get this prolonged exposure, and like where we have now, usually they have like about a 20-mile home range anyway. But if the food source is there year-round, their home range is a lot smaller. So, and they're very reluctant to leave. And as long as the food source is there, they're not, they're not going to leave. And when they get this prolonged exposure to this, this river water, it's affecting their skin, which bacteria gets in these lesions, and then infection sets in. And it does these animals in. So uh, I guess this is going to be included in the environmental impact statement. What are they going to do? I mean, well, the, you know, the, the point I keep bringing out is for the environmental impact uh, statement, uh, the state went to great lengths to waive the Marine Mammal Protection Act. So they don't have to worry about the taking of these animals to get this, these diversions permitted. And, and now <laughs> we see why. You know, evidently they knew that yeah, this was a problem. Was you know, the National Marine Fisheries Service had warned them uh, uh, that this river water could have effects on these dolphins, and we, we, we're seeing the effects. All right, we just had somebody text in that agrees with you, George. Crawfish is the only one. They, <laughs> if they were limited to one, uh, you can text us at 870-870. Tell us one type of seafood. That's all you're going to get for the rest of your life. It's a tough choice. Which one would it be? Um as far as any other species, are you seeing any other detrimental effects? Well, we, we, this had, is a good test, by the way. Yeah, exactly. You know, without having to build a diversion with the, all the expense and the amount of CF flow coming through there, we're seeing a really good test with this double opening of the Bonnie Cat. Uh, exactly. Well, we, uh, and, and the, the thing is, Don, these openings of the spillway, is they going to be for, for 30, 40 days maybe? Right. Where these diversions are going to be, you know, operated to a certain extent year-round every year. So, you know, that, that, that's something else you got to look at. While the diversions are only one-fourth the size of, of the spillway, operated mostly year-round, it, it's going to cause big, big issues. Um, but, yeah, we're seeing uh, freshwater, we're seeing lesions on, I'm, I'm getting people sending me uh, pictures of redfish with sores all over them, sheep's head, um, some speckled trout, not, not so much the speckled trout, but the redfish and sheep head, like the, the bottom feed is a, or getting big sores on them, mm-hmm. and uh, more than, than than normal. And we've also noticed our, our speckled trout a lot more worms for some reason. Hmm. Uh, not that worms are detrimental to the meat, right, you right. know. It's, it's, it not, but we're just seeing more of those. So, yeah, we're seeing a lot of changes uh, because because all this river water in the estuary. Hmm. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We're talking with uh, Captain George Ricks. If you want to join the conversation, five zero four two six zero six three six eight. Or you can simply shoot us a text. We love to get your comments, questions, suggestions. 870-870 is a way to get on the text board. And, hey, if you like, come on down here. Delacro, you still got plenty of time. It officially opens at 9 a.m. Seafood fresh off the boat. Offered. It's only done twice a year. And today is one of those sands. And today we're at the Delacro Pier right here in uh, St. Bernard Parish. It's the seafood market. If you want to come on by and uh, bring your ice chest and bring some cash, and you can leave here with some of the freshest seafood you will find anywhere. Doesn't get any fresher than off the boat. George, I guess these shrimp were caught yesterday, last night? Probably yesterday, yeah. Yeah. He, he, he keeps them refrigerated really well. and, and uh, Charles is a really great shrimper. He knows his business. Uh, as far as bait shrimp. How tough has it been? I was talking to Robbie for the last few weeks, and he's only got so much room in his holding tank with good wall. Other than that, he can't keep can't keep shrimp. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example with the salinity. Is we with the, with the parish, we have a salinity 
meter that I'll go out and monitor Salinas where I'm finding these dead dolphins. And, and just for, 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 for kicks, the other day, Robbie Shrimpo came in and the live well, I got in there with the, um, I got in with the, uh, the salinity gauge to see what the water salinity was where he caught the shrimp because they take that water. Mm-hmm. And it was a 3.7 in the, in the, <laughs> in the live well. Yeah. Okay, I checked his fish tank, and it was a 3.4 because he takes that water well, to keep push, his shrimp yeah. alive. Then I took the salinity gauge and, and measured the salinity right off of his dock, yeah. and it was a 0. .64. Oh. <laughs> so so that, that goes to show you the difference. Uh, of, that's why he has to keep his tanks, uh, you know, with, with outside water in it. What do they tell you about the crabs? What's happening with the crabs? Same thing. The, the river water. I don't know. I don't know where to go. I don't think. Don't think the crabbers know where to go. But the the river water is affecting their their catch as well. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a, a tough situation. Uh, we we need a certain amount of it to bring in sediment, but you got to find that right, right mix. Well, you got to right, find that's that right, mix. Don. Because our estuary is is a nursery, and what makes our estuary so so productive. The Breton and the, the Barataria estuaries, the, the two of the most productive estuaries in the world, is because of this delicate balance mm-hmm. of fresh and river water. Yes, you can, and, and I've argued with State Representative Zarang about this. He made a comment, well, you can't have an estuary without fresh water. But you can't have an estuary without salt water either. So it's this delicate balance of combination. Mm-hmm. You need both, and you can't have our, our, res- our resources that we depend so, so heavily on, especially in St. Bernard, Mostly saltwater uh, resources, they can't survive in fre- in river water. Simple fact. You know, you can say everything you want, but it's just like, you, like we talked about this before, Don. We made, you can't catch red snap in City Park Lagoon. <laughs> no, <laughs> you, you can fish and there's a reason why. Right, and there's a reason why. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and uh, it's you know, well, it's a very tough call to make, but you know, hopefully uh, they'll arrive at a decision before they make the wrong one. Uh, there's a lot of money at stake, and, boy, the price tag keeps going up. That $50 billion coastal restoration, the last figure I saw was $92 billion, and yes. we didn't have the yes. 50 Well, and, and, and the sad part is, Don, and, and by the CPRA's own, own admission, if they, could, if they had the funding and the resources to build every project in the master plan that they have proposed, and they had the funding to do it, in 50 years, we're still going to lose 2,200 square miles. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, so, a, it's a maintenance factor right. involved and, in there. Not and, just to rebuild. you got to continue to service it. Exactly. And that's going to be uh, another problem. Well, you know, hopefully that will be a, we'll arrive at a decision before it's completely gone. And the other part of it is coastal protection, you know. And I know you know a lot about Working with the right, parish now. Right. Well, we need projects, Don, like, like we're doing here in the parish, like Guy said about, you know, our March creation projects. And right now uh, uh, in, we're going to start, I think, in the, in, the, in the fall, we have one of the largest March creation projects uh, that's ever done in history, one of the mo- single most, uh, single biggest March creation project, the Lake Bourne uh, uh, March creation project we're working on. It's going to be 3,200 square acres of uh new land that's going to be built in this project. And that's, you know, coastal protection we need. You know, the, the, the state says there's such a sense of urgency, and we know there's a sense of urgency. We're sinking into the Gulf at a, at a rapid rate. So, but why invest in projects that are going to take 50 years if they do work? Right. Now, let's do something now to protect our, our, our coastal parishes and, and, and coastal communities now. Uh, to the person listening that just texted me a text about uh, the pictures of the fish, 
that were caught in the Pearl River in Lake Bourne. We can't get pictures on this text. This is, that's one thing we can't do. So you're just going to have to maybe describe them to us because we can't see them. That text board is 870-870. Uh, let's see. Here's one that says building, a, I think that says diversion cane. Building a reversion cane is just yeah. a canal. It's just another example of the government thinking they know what's better for us no matter what it hurts or kills us in the process. Yeah. You know what came up earlier this morning on the show, too, was the rock dam uh, at Hopedale. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody said there'd be no better time than now when we need good, clean, oxygenated, salty water to come in, and right. that does restrict the flow of that, and it's really changed the hydrology from there all the way up yes. to the industrial canal and all the way into part of Lake Pontchartrain. Uh, where do we stand on, on there, there's been talk of putting a gate in there that can be open temporarily to allow boat traffic and influx and outflow of water, but I am not hear any more about that. What, where is well, that? You know, our biggest concern is where we've been working so diligently on uh, recently is Mardi Gras Pass, is getting Mardi Gras Pass mm-hmm. controlled because that's, that's really killing us over here. And, and m- most of our, the river water that we're getting is, is, in this area is coming from Mardi Gras Pass. We, the spillway is not really affecting us that bad here. It mm-hmm. comes in through Lake Bourne, right. you know, and goes out that way in, in, in Mississippi Sound. But our, our concern is Mardi But as far as the, the rock dam, uh, it should have been a gated structure to begin with is right. what it should have been. They just threw the rocks there to shut it down to ship traffic. But most people have the, the, the misconception that yeah. it was put there for storm surge protection. No, no. And I don't know if you visited the Rock Dam lately, if you've seen it. It's sinking, <laughs> yeah. and it's only, like, in some spots, it's not even four feet uh, above the waterline. Uh, I, I took drone footage the day after Hurricane Nate passed and went and looked, and it came over. The storm surge came, and that was only seven-foot storm surge, came over the dam, mm-hmm. you know, for, for Hurricane Nate. So it's not providing storm surge protection. It's limiting uh, 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 recreational and, and, and some commercial uh, fishing access, uh, uh, navigation right. access, and it's stopping the, the, the flow, flow, like you said, right. the, the influx of, of, of some salt water in, into the estuary, and that causes a dead zone every year, right? One year it was documented, uh, uh, Chris Wozinski with USGS documented they had a dead zone 35 miles on the Mystico. And we get a fish kill every year on the south side of the dam, and I'm sure it's going to be happening pretty soon out of the water temperature uh, mm-hmm. because of the water gets so bad, the crabs even climb out of the water down there. So, yes, something needs to be done uh, about that, but it's in St. Bernard, it's such a hot-button topic. You know, the public perceives that this is stopping storms. storms. But since we got the Great Wall now, we, it's, n- it's not necessary right. at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was, and I never understood why you needed to put a rock dam to stop ships from sneaking in. Yeah. I mean, uh, how, uh, how easy is it to, to disguise a ship coming up to Mystic Oak? Right, you know? exactly. But, you know, also, it's a little bit off the topic, but you may remember this, but I had a conversation with somebody, and it used to be when a ship got in the Mystic Oak, and you were fishing in either in the channel or right. right in a pond just off of it, it, it would, would suck, suck all, all the water, water out and it'd leave your boat in, on mud well, with a bunch well, of stumps. Well, and then well that's another misnomer. You know, people say, oh, we lost so much land because – of saltwater intrusion. Yes, saltwater intrusion affected the cypress trees and stuff like that. But most of the erosion that occurred was 
because of just what you right. were saying. Washing that in. wave action, you get a six-foot <laughs> wake from that ship coming back. You remember, Don. Oh, yeah. You're in a boat. You better get off you the bank. You better get you're out be of on there. Dry get ground. as far as you can get back up in that marsh because that water's coming out of there. And when it comes back in, going out ain't so bad. But when it comes right, back exactly. in, you, you're going to get sloshed around like an agitator in a, in a washing machine. You know, something else we talked about, too, was uh, you remember when the, the, the catfish, the hardheads, we had yeah, that Yeah, I heard you that talking teal. about that this morning before. You remember that? I yeah, mean, there was yeah. acres and acres as far as you could see, and it only affected hardhead catfish. It was the strangest thing, and they narrowed it down to it must be some type of virus that only affected hardheads, which, you know, whoever. whoever I, I, I hate to say it, but it doesn't bother me. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, boy. Well, you know, strange things happen. All right, phone number is 504. Two six six three six eight. Here's another one came in. It said uh, we have caught fish. That... Oh, we got a call on. Who is it? Uh, let's see. Let's go to the call line, Dominic, and see who we got. Uh, Stephen. Hey. hey, Stephen. Hey. How you doing? How you doing? Why isn't with all these chemists we have and scientists and whatever? Why isn't there a way that we couldn't set up? a salt additives uh, at Bonnie Carey at I-10 or something to get the selenium back up to what it is. I mean, they know how many, how many millions of gallons are going through the spillway. Why couldn't somebody figure out how much salt to add and add it to the water as it gets to the I-10? I don't know. I never thought about that. That's interesting the, the thought, concept. The thought, but, but right. How much salt would you need? Right. Yeah. I don't you know, know if the Bonneville Salt Flats have that <laughs> enough salt, because <laughs> you're looking okay. at you know 250,000 cubic feet a second when they open them, the Bonneville carries go away totally open. Uh, that's a lot of water, and I, I don't know. It's a thought. I, I had the thought had crossed my mind, but I I just don't know the feasibility of it. If it's now also somebody said something that the the river water is colder than the lake water, absolutely. So that also affects fishing. Right, and it's not just the the the, the water temperature, it's the turbidity. You know, the, the muddy water, muddiness of the water, uh, uh, yeah, and. The, the chemicals, I mean, in 2010, yeah. there, there was a group called Environment Missouri that did a study, and they found that in 2010, there was over 12 million pounds of, uh, 12 million, I think it was pounds, yes, of uh, hazardous chemicals dumped into the Mississippi River. So you're talking about yeah. benzene, you're talking about mercury. I mean, let's be honest, you flush a toilet in Illinois, we wound up with it down here. And uh, yeah. not, to, not to be crude, but... There's a lot of toilets between Illinois and here. Yeah, and when you bring that nutrient-rich river water in, and then you get the warm temperatures, the algae, the algae bloom, bloom, that's bloom what, and, man, that's, and then that's, that deteriorates right and then oxygen and, and not only that, like all the flooding that's going on up north right now. You know, the streets are flooded. Yeah. All these petroleum products that are in the streets are getting washed into the rivers and coming up down here. You know, so you got a lot in this Mississippi River that, that, that we're dealing with. Well, and... I've always heard one of the biggest pollutions in Lake Pontchartrain is cigarette butts. All right, Stephen, hold on. i to take a top-of-the-hour sports break. But we'll come back to you, Stephen. Don't hang up. Hang on there. Cigarette butt polluting in Lake I haven't heard that one either. Stephen's got some really novel concepts he's bringing up this morning. If you want to join the conversation, 260-6368 or shoot us a text at 870-870. We're at the Delacroix Pier. It's the St. Bernard Seafood Market. Bring your ice chest. Get some fresh off-the-boat seafood. We'll be right back.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.